Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Samach Dalit of Masechta Erevin, Daf 64. And we're going to talk about what happens So if you're in a Chatzar with, and there's a non-Jewish person in the Chatzar, and he's not interested in renting his space to you. So what can you do? Are there solutions? Are there ways to be able to carry? What happens when you win the lottery? What's the best way to spend your money? Hmm... And then if you drink wine, what can you do to get undrunk? That's what we're talking about today, Chavon. Let's get started. Wait, what? I don't know what I said, but... But we're going to start on... About, I don't know, 10 lines from the bottom. So there was a Mavoy. And in this Mavoy, of course, there were Chatzers. Okay, and in one of the Chatzers... Lived a fellow by the name of uh, Lachman Baristic, and he was not Jewish. Amule and the other Yidin who lived in the Mavoy, right? So in the Chatseris in the Mavoy. So they asked, so of course we know that in order for a Shitufim to work, everyone has to participate. And if somebody doesn't participate, so if this Lachman Baristic is not interested in um, participating, well, then the Yidin are not going to be able to carry in the Mavay on Shabbos. So, Amrulei Ogerlan Rishusach. So, they said to him, Will you rent us your space so that we can carry in the Mavay on Shabbos? Lo Ogerlu. And he was not willing to rent his space to these Yidin. Asu Amrulei So, they came and they asked Abai. They said, What can we do? We have a, a non Jew who lives with us in the Mavay and he's not interested in working out a rental agreement with us. Amalu, so Abai suggested What you should do is So you're a bunch of Yidin who live in this Mavoy So everyone should be mevatel their Rishus to just one fellow Right? To mevatel their Rishus in the Mavoy to this one fellow And then if they mevatel their Rishus to this one fellow Well then, the, the, this entire Mavoy is just there's really only two players over here there's this one Yid who everybody was mevatel, there was just to him. And then there's the Nachri. So, in this case, so we said that the Allah is like Rabbi Yezub and Yaakov who says that when it's just one Yid and one Nachri, so then they don't need to make a rental agreement. So by everybody being mevatel, there was just this one Yid. So then it's just one Yid and one Nachri and they don't need to make a rental agreement. Um, and... Basically, what it would mean is, well, after all, if they're being mavatal the rishus, then they're not able to use the mavi, right? It wouldn't really be much of a point if they were mavatal the rishus, if they could still use the mavi. So what it means is that, well, certainly the person who they were mavatal rishus to him, he could use to, you know, carry in and out of the mavi regularly. Um, and the chevra who were mavatal the rishus, so they won't be able to carry things into the mavi because they were mavatal the rishus. But anything that was left in the mavi when Shabbos began, that was there when Shabbos began. They would be able to carry that. Fine. They write that there's no, according to Rebilezer ben Yaakov, we pass like there's no issue of when it's just one, one, one yid and one nachri. Amrulay. Midi hutayma eldolo shchiach de daire. But one second. There was a reason why Rebilezer ben Yaakov said that when it's just one yid and one nachri, then um, they don't need to make a rental, and that's because it's not common. But if we're just going to say that every time you have a bunch of Yidin and a Mavoy, they could just be Mavatal with their Rishos, and then they don't need to do this rental agreement thing, well, that's going to be common. 
And that kind of mess, you know, that basically then the logic, then Elizabeth Yaakov's logic is not relevant anymore. His whole point was that when it's just one Yid and one non-Jew in the Mavui, so then it's not a common situation. But if we're basically going to make it that whenever you have a lot of people, you could just be Mavata the Rishos, well, then it's going to become common. So Amalu, so Abai says to them, Abai says, actually, you know, for everybody to be mevatel, right, a situation where like you have everybody just being mevatel the rishus to one person and giving him essentially the authority to all of their stuff, um, you know, to, 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 to their um, portion in the chatzar, that is something that is uncommon and therefore the chacham did not make a gzera there and you know, according to Bai, if they want, everybody can be mavatal the rishus in the mavoi to this one fellow, and um, then they don't need to make a rental anymore. Also, Rav Huna Breder of Yoshua, Amra Lishmaita Kami Derava, Rav Huna Breder of Yoshua went and told over this um, halacha of Abaye, he told it to Rava, his teacher Rava. Amrle, Rava said to Rav Huna Breder of Yoshua, Imkem Bitaatatoris. Eruv meosa mavui, but if that's the case, then you mavatel the Torah of the eruv from that mavui, right? Meaning you don't need to make a, an, er, uh, an eruv anymore. Meaning, normally, if you have a few chatzers that open up into mavui, you'd have to do shitufim mavos. But based on Abaye, he's saying no, everybody's mavatel the rishos to this one fellow, and then he doesn't have to do a rental agreement with the, with the other with the non-Jew. If that's the case, then they're not making an eruv bechal. They're going to be mavatel the whole inyan of an eruv from this mavui. So Funabred of Yeshua says, no de Ma'arve, that they no the in the end they would still make an error for old time's sake. Even though everybody's being Mavato the Rashus to one fellow, still they would make an Eruv anyways, you know, just to, so that they would remember the tradition of Eruv. But Yomu Eruv Mobakum Nachri. Yeah, but then what's gonna happen is is that in the end people are gonna think, Oh, why are they making an Eruv? Oh, I guess you can even make an Eruv when there's a when there's a non Jew in the Mavui. So so Hunabred of Yeshua says, No de Machrizinon. No, but they, they, they make an announcement and they say that when we're making an Erev right now, right, really we don't need to because we're all Mavatal Arishos to this one fellow, but we're doing it just so that we don't forget. So, Achazda Lidadake. So then Rava says, yeah, but that might work for this generation, but guess what? Once you get to the next generation or the generation after that, they're going to forget about the announcement and all they're going to think is that you're allowed to make a Erev when, even when there's a Gentile in the Mavoy. So therefore, Rava thinks that this is not a good solution. Rather, Rava suggests So Rava's suggestion is that one of these Yidin who lives in the Mavoy should use this as an opportunity to create a relationship with this Nachri. So what, what, what should happen is that one of the Yidin who live in this Mavoy should become friendly with the non-Jew. And then, as a friend, this Yid can say, by the way, can I just, you know, is, would I be able to leave something in your chatzer? And he'll have no problem with you leaving something in your chatzer, in his chatzer. And then once you already are allowed to put something in his chatzer, well, then it's like you are an employee of his, right? Like somebody who's hired to work for this person all year round or likito, like somebody who's just seasonally hired for the harvest season and for the gathering season. The Amr of Yudam or Shmuel says of Yudam the name of Shmuel Afilu Schirav Afilu Likito that if you have a uh, an employee of somebody nosin Eruva Vidayo then he can make an Eruv. So what happens is according to Rava what they would do is 
somebody would become friendly with this um, non-Jew who lives together with them in the Mavui. And then once he becomes friendly, he'll ask if he can leave something in his chatser. And once he leaves something in his chatser, well, then it's as if he's an employee of this fellow. And then he would be, and then this Yid who made this relationship would now be able to join in the Eruv um, as the employee of this fellow. And that would work as a good Eruv. That is the suggestion. And then you make an Eruv and it's, it's a proper Eruv. So Amalei Abayla of Yosef, Abayla says to Yosef, Hayushem Chamisha Schiro Vehei Likito Mau. So Abayla Sakashi says, okay, interesting. So basically what we're saying is that if you have um, somebody who is an employee of this non-Jew, so then we can treat it as though, you know, it, you know at least for the halachos of Erevin, um, he has ownership, you know, a stake in this property and he's allowed to join in the Erev. What happens if you have you know, 10 of these employees and they're all living in this property, right? This guy has 10 employees, they're all Yidin. And, uh, right, this Nanjo has 10 Yid, uh, Jewish employees. So, and then one of them forgets and doesn't join in the Erev. So, meaning, when we say that if you have one employee, so we're Mekil and we say that he could be treated as if he has a stake in the property and he could join in the Erev. But what if you have 10 of these people and one of them doesn't join into the Arab. So do are we also going to be Mahmir and say, well, all of these people, it's like they have a part ownership in this property. And then if one of them uh, doesn't participate, he messes it up for everybody. So on the one hand, it's a Kula because it means that by being an employee of this non-Jew, um, you can make an Arab and people can carry in the Mavui. However, um, it could theoretically be a Chumah if we say, but if there are multiple people living who are employees of this, of, of this person, of this non-Jew, and one of them forgot to join in the Erev, well, is he going to invalidate the Erev for everybody? So if Yosef answers, Omerle, he says to Abai, The whole point of this thing, this whole point of treating this person as an employee as, as this, of this non-Jew and, being, uh, and permitting him to join in the Erev with everybody else is a, is a Kula. So if we made, if we said this idea of Sechiru Lekito as a Kula, we're not going to now say it as a Chumrah as well. The point is that we're trying to be Mekil when it comes to Erevin, and, and therefore it would be, you know, if one person forgets, it wouldn't mess it up for everybody. Gufa, we said earlier, So if you have somebody who is an employee of this non-Jew, he could participate in the Erev with everybody else, and then they'll be allowed to carry in this Mavoy. Right, the Erev, of course, being a Shetufim of Oz. Amr of Nachman says, Rav Nachman, What a beautiful halacha. What a beautiful halacha that if you have a bunch of Yidin in a Mavoy and you have, um, and you have a, an employee of a non-Jew, that employee can join in the Erev and now everybody can carry. What a great halacha. Amr of Yudam Rashmuel says, Rav Yudam Rashmuel, Shasar Vias Yain Al Yore. If a person drinks a Revias of wine, he cannot be more halacha. He can't pass an halacha. Amr Rav Nachman lo ma'al yashmaita. Rav Nachman says this is not a good halacha. Deha ana kokamad lo shasinu reviyasa dechamer lo tzila datoi. Rav Nachman says because for me, as if I haven't had a reviyas of wine, I can't even think straight. <laughs> That's funny. I guess like you know, kind of like a coffee. If I haven't had you know, certainly at least one coffee, and more likely maybe two or maybe even three, so then I can't think straight. So then, so the, then Rav Nachman, I guess it was like that with wine. Amr Rava, Rava says, my time, Amr Ma'hochi. Rava says to Rav Nachman, he says, Rav Nachman, 
what's going on over here? Now, Rava was a student of Rav Nachman, but he was saying, Rav Nachman, I don't understand. You like this halacha, you don't like that halacha. My time, Amr Marachi, Ha'amr Rav Achabar Chanina, Rav Achabar Chanina said, my dixiv, what does the Pasuk mean, zonos that somebody who sees zonos and prostitutes is going to lose his wealth? You know what zonos means? Somebody who says, oh yeah, this halacha, that's beautiful. That halacha, eh, not so beautiful. I like this word, oh, that's a cute word. Ah, no, I don't like that one. You know, if you, if you do that, so then it's roe zonos. Right, zo na'ev, zo ena na'ev. You're gonna be ma'abed hona shatara. You're gonna lose the honor of the Torah. Amr lehajibi. So Rav Nachman responds to Rav. He says, "You're right. I take it back." Amr Rav Barfuna says, "Rav Barfuna shasu al yispalvim mispal tefilas v'tefilah." Right, somebody who 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 um is drunk. He should not, well, somebody who has drank, somebody who has drank wine, so he should not daven. But if he davens, his tefillah is acceptable. Shikr al yispalv, mispalv tefillah sotoeva. Somebody who's pasha drunk, so then he shouldn't daven. If he davens, then it's an, it's an abomination. Now, what's considered like drinking a little bit, I meaning drinking enough that you can still pray? What's considered drinking enough that you can't pray? Well, Rabbi Ababar Shomani and Rabbi Menashe Bar Yimriya Migifti, they were, um, separate, you know, they were leaving each other on a bridge of Nar Yufti. They were separating and going their separate ways. They said, you know what? Why don't we each, before we go, let us say a halacha, let us say something that neither one of us has heard. Because Maribar Ravuna, as we saw in the Gemara and Brachis, says that a person should, when he leaves his friend, he should uh, say that through this he will remember him. Okay? So one of them said, So what's considered drinking a little bit that you can still pray? What's considered drinking too much? Shasui, drinking a little bit, is, is, is if you've drank enough that you could still speak before the king. So that would be, you know, you could still pray. But if you drank enough that you cannot speak before the king, well then you shouldn't pray. The other one said, This is interesting. Somebody who's machzik beniske ager, what should he do so that he can keep his, his, his newfound wealth? Right? We had learned about this earlier in the second parak, right? That, that nichse ager, if you have a convert, somebody who converts to Judaism, so when somebody converts to Judaism, so halachically, it's considered that he doesn't have any relatives, and therefore, if he doesn't get married, so, and he has no children, so then, so then when he dies, there's basically nobody to inherit him. So basically what the halacha is, is that whoever goes and makes a chazaka on his property first gets it. It's hefker. It's ownerless. And whoever makes it theirs first gets it. So basically it's like winning the lottery. Right? So this convert passes away. The first person who gets there get, gets all of his property. So now he's got this wealth that he didn't earn. He didn't have to work for. He's just all of a sudden he's coming to money. So what can he do to ensure that he's not going to to um, just just uh, blow it and, and lose all of this newfound wealth. So you can't find Sefer Torah. 
So he should spend the money, not all of the money, but he should, you know, take part of the money and, and buy a Sefer Torah with it. And by investing in a Sefer Torah, it'll ensure that, um, that what, you know, the rest of his, 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 his this money will um, be spent responsibly and he'll have it for a long time. Rav Shesha says that this even applies to a husband um, with the um, property of his wife. I guess if his wife passes away and he gets, um, he inherits her. Is that what it means? Or is it saying when he gets married, actually, and then he gets like all this new stuff? What happens? No, but he inherits his wife. But then she has like, what, like, Nikhse Malog? Oh, gosh, I forgot about all that stuff. Okay, but even if, even if you have a husband who gets the um, property of his wife, right, all of a sudden he's got all this property, also he should do something with it. You know, he should buy a Sefer Torah, he should do something so that he, he maintains his, um, his, um, his wealth. Rava Amrafilu Avad Iska Viravcha. Viravach, this is even if he makes like a, a successful business deal and now he, he made a lot of money from it. Rav Papa Amar Afilu Rav Papa says even if he finds something, he should, you know, take some of what he found and, and do something positive with it so he can hold on to his wealth. Amar Rav Nachman Ba'yitzchak Afilu Kasev Butfilin. Rav Nachman Ba'yitzchak says even Tfilin will work. You don't have to invest in an entire Sefer Torah. You can even just buy Tfilin, but do use something uh, positive with that money. Where do we see a pasuk for this concept of spending uh, money that you got as a gift um, for like some kind of a mitzvah? So as the pasuk says, Vayida you saw neder v'gomer that the yidden made a, um, uh, a, a a neder and they said if if um, we get you know if we are successful in battle so then we will vachramti es areim we will give their cities to God as like a gift. So if somebody drinks wine, okay, so we just said that if somebody drinks wine, so you shouldn't pray. So if you drink wine, so then what do you do, um, you know, to basically set it wears off? So, 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 so Rami Bar Abba says, well, you can walk a mill. A mill is 2,000 amis, which is basically a trum. Well, which is a trum. So you can walk a mill or you could sleep a little bit. And by doing this, the wine will wear off. Now, Rav Nachman says the name of Rabbi Baravua, this is only if he drank a Revius of wine. But if he drank more than a Revius, well then, if he drank more than a Revius, well then certainly, um, if he walks a mill or if he sleeps, it's just going to make it worse and he's going to be even more drunk if he passes out. Alright. Okay, so. Wait, is this really true? That walking just one mil is enough to wear off the wine? We learn in Ebrei. There was a story with Rabbi Gamliel that he was riding on a donkey and he was traveling from Akko to Kziv by Rabbi Eli Ma'alich and Rabbi Eli was traveling behind Rabbi Gamliel. And they came across some bread on the road. It was just lying there, Hefker. Amrlo, so Rabbi Gamliel said to Rabbi Eli, Eli told Gluskin Minaderech, pick up, so he, so he instructed Rabbi Eli to pick up the bread from the, from the road. Matzanachri Echad Amrlo Magba'e told Gluskin Alalu Me Eli. So then they saw a non Jewish person, Rabbi Gamliel said, to this non-Jewish fellow, he says, Magba'e, he called him, he called him Magba'e, 
Come and take this bread from Rabbi Eli over here. Nitfalo Rabbi Eli. So Rabbi Eli went over to this fellow to give him the bread. Amarlo, and he said to this fellow, Mehechanata, where are you from? Amarlo me I'm from a sort of a, a place where there are a bunch of huts. That's where I live. Umash Shimcha, what's your name? Mavgoi. He says, my name is right, Mavgoi Shmeni. My name is Mavgoi. And Rabbi Eli was like, what the heck? Your name is Mavgoi? How did Rabbi Gamliel know that your name was Mavgoi? Because after all, that's what Rabbi Gamliel called him. Kumikircha Rabbi Gamliel Olam. Have you ever met Rabbi Gamliel before? Amrlo Lav. He says, no, I've never met Rabbi Gamliel before. So Ba'osa Shah Lamadnu. So at that point, we learned Shekivin Rabbi Gamliel, Bracha Kodesh, that Rabbi Gamliel uh, knew this person's name through some kind of a divine um, spirit. That's it. That's how he knew it, that this fellow's name was Mavgai, even though he had never met him. Wow. And we learned three things at that at that time. Number one, we learned that you don't pass by food, right? I mean, there was some food on the road, and Rabbi Gamliel instructed Rabbi Eli to pick it up because they didn't want to pass by the food. We also learned that we go based on the majority of the uh, travelers. And since the majority of travelers are not Jewish, so therefore they couldn't eat the bread because Mistama it came from a non-Jew. It was baked by a non-Jew. Um, so therefore, uh, Rabbi Gamliel instructed Rabbi Eli to give the um, bread to this non-Jewish person and they couldn't eat it themselves. And the third thing that we learned is Shechametz Shanachri Achra Pesach uh, that chametz of a non-Jew after Pesach is permitted by Anah. This story happened right after Pesach. And therefore, you know, if, if this... So it was right after Pesach, and the assumption is that this bread belonged to a non-Jew. And we are saying that this chametz of a non-Jew is permitted to get benefit from after Pesach, and that's why he was allowed to give it to this non-Jew. If it was Asr Banah, then he wouldn't be able to give it to a non-Jew. Okay, we're already bringing up Pesach over here. It's nice. We're getting, we can start thinking already about Masech Tepsachim. Alright, we have what? 40 more days. Alright, 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 alright. I mean, you never know what Masech uh, Erevin can whip up in, in, in just overnight. But uh, okay, okay, we're getting there, we're getting there. Now, once they got to uh, their destination in Kziv, a fellow came up to Rabbi Gamliel and he had a nether. He had made a nether and he, he wanted Rabbi Gamliel to be matir his nether. So Rabbi Gamliel said to Rabbi Eloi, Did we drink a revius of Italian wine? And Rabbi Eloi says, Yes, you did drink a revius of Italian wine. Okay, so Rabbi Gamliel says, If that's the case, well, so fellow, I'd be more than happy to be mater your neder, but I can't do it right now. I drank a revius of Italian wine. You're going to have to come travel with us until the um, wine wears off. So this fellow travel, you know, trailed, the, trailed Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eli for three mil until they got to the cliffs of Tzur. Once they got to the cliffs of Tzur, Yara Rabbi Gamliel Menachamor, Rabbi Gamliel went down from his donkey, Finis Atef, and he put on a talis, Vyashav, and he sat down, Vyitirlo Nidro, and he was Matir, the Neder, for this fellow. Veharbe Devarim Lamanu Bosashah, and says Rabbi Eli that we learned many things from this anecdote. 
Number one, We learned that Italian wine will make you drunk. Okay, good to know. And we also learned that uh, somebody who's drunk should not teach. And it's interesting that he's referring to um, um, being matir and as teaching. We saw in the Gemara in Brachos and Avav Mud Aleph, right? That, that, that we need a special pasuk to teach us that um, even when, right, that, right, that when three people are sitting and judging, uh, the, the, the Shechina is with them because we thought, the Gemara says it was a Havmina to say that three people sitting is maybe just making peace. Kamash Malan says the Gemara in Davav of Brachos, it says um, that Dina is Torah. So we see that we're referring to being Matir Neder, and when you're Matir Neder, you're generally be Matir either with a Bezdin or with a Yachid Mumche, but it's a kind of a, a, a judgment, a kind of a Bezdin, and we're calling it Haura'a. I wonder if uh, you can kind of draw that connection between learning and like Halacha and Din. Or unless Yorah comes from like Mora Halach, in which case it's kind of like a din, which is Ataris and Dharm. Mm. Okay, Vlamanu Shikra Yorah. So, so somebody who is, um, uh, Shikor shouldn't, shouldn't pask in Halacha. Vlamanu Shiderach Mafiga Sayain. And we also learned that traveling, um, wears off the wine. Vlamanu, and finally we learned Shein Mafir Nadarim, Lo Rachu Vlo Mahalik Vlo Omed, that you don't, you're not Mafir Neder. You don't undo a vow, permit a vow when you are riding when you're traveling, not when you are walking, and not when you're standing. Eliyoshev, but you sit. Katani mias shlosha milin. No, here's the shaila. It says that he had drank a revius of wine, and he walked three mil. And Rami Bar Abba said that you have to walk only one mil. So why did Rabbi Gamliel walk three mil? So shiny yaina italki de mishakar tfei. So Italian wine is different because it's particularly potent. And therefore, that's why they had to walk three mil. But one second, Rav Nachman said the name Rabba Baravua, that when we say that you should go for a walk if you drank wine, that's only if you had a revius. But... If somebody drank more than a revius, well, then certainly traveling would be even worse for him. So what's the deal? How come, um, uh, Rabbi Gamliel, if we're saying that Italian wine is so potent, how come Rabbi Gamliel was traveling? Because after all, Rav Nachman said the name of Rabbi Baravua, that if you drank, you know, uh, uh, too much, if it's too strong, well, then uh, traveling is just going to make it worse. So Rachuv shiny. So we say that riding is different. Right, so walking uh, could be pretty bad, but if you're riding, it's not as you know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't require as much uh, energy to just ride on a on a donkey. So therefore, that was okay, and um, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't make it worse. Now, once already, we're saying that there's a difference between walking and riding. So when when Rami Bar Abba said that you walk a mill. If you um, had a revius of wine, and over here we're saying three mil, you can also say that walking would be a mil, but riding, um, you know, three mil would be for riding. Okay. Now, ini ve'amr of Nachman mefir nedarim ben mahalech ben omed uvein rachuv. One second. Why did Rabbi Gamliel stop and sit down in order to um, be matir the neder? 
But didn't Rav Nachman say that you can be made for a neder whether you're walking, whether you're standing, whether you're riding? It makes no difference. So why did Rav Gamliel stop? So the Gemara says Tanoi. It's actually Machlokas Tanoim. The Ikelamanda Omar Poskin Bacharata Vikelamanda Omar Ain Poskin Bacharata. It's actually Machlokas Tanoim about when um, you know. So when you, if a person wants to be matir or neder, he made some kind of a vow that, or he accepted upon himself that he was not going to do something, whatever it is, he accepted something upon himself, and now he wants to uh, undo it. So he goes to a, let's say a mumche, an expert, and, and he's explaining to him the situation. So there's two ways to, there's two possibilities. One is that the, the expert, the, the, the Talmud Chacham tries to get, basically undo the nether. Something like, well, if you knew that it would get to this point, would you have made the nether? And if the person says, no, I would not have, well, then there's just nothing, there's, you don't have to be, you don't have to, un, you don't have to permit any nether. We could say that the nether really was faulty from the beginning. In which case, there's no work to there's no work to do over here. The other way to do it is is that no, if somebody comes to be mater and neder, so we just we're mater for him. We don't try to like undo it retroactively. So therefore, um, um, therefore, the reason why Rabbi Gamliel wasn't just mater and neder while he was traveling, and rather he got off of his donkey and he sat down, it's because Rabbi Gamliel wanted to try to undo the neder retroactively, so it wouldn't even need to be permitted. Because it didn't even exist in the first place. The Amr Rabbi Barbachana, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, that says Rabbi Barbachana in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, my Pasach lay Rabbi Gamliel lau gavra. What did Rabbi Gamliel say to this fellow? So he quoted a Pasach in Mishlei that says, Yesh bote kimadar, kimadar, kimad kiros chereb, veloshon chacham and marpe. There are people who make nidarim. And it's like a uh, a sword. It's like they're stabbed by a sword because they're basically they're uh, making a nether and they're not going to follow it. And it's like they're going to be misa. So veloshen chacham marpe, but the ways of of uh, of chacham are able to to um, to heal. Anybody who makes a nether and doesn't follow through, it's befitting that we should that that he'll be like chayv misa and stabbed with a sword. But but the tamili chachamim are able to undo the nether and heal this nether. And therefore, Rabbi Gamliel tries to say to him, um, you know, hey, if you knew that it would get to this point that you wouldn't be able to keep this nether, would you have made it in the first place? And he said no. Rabbi Gamliel said, okay, go home. You know, the nether is retroactively undone and that is why Rabbi Gamliel wanted to get down and give it proper attention. When we say that um, you can just keep on traveling, that would be if you weren't trying to undo anything and you just wanted to just be moderate quickly. Amr Mar, we said earlier, that we don't pass by food. When we say that we don't pass by food, that was only in earlier generations. Where the um, Jewish um, girls did, weren't, weren't witches. But in later generations, um, that now that the um, um, Jewish girls are witches, so Mavirin, so then we pass by, we pass by the, um, we pass by the bread because we're concerned that maybe um, the Jewish witches they, uh, they 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 use the bread for for witchcraft. Tana, we learn in a brayse. Shleim in ma'avin, psisin in ma'avirin, psisin in ma'avirin. If they're whole, so then we pass by them because we don't want the spells. But if they're pieces, so then um, we don't pass by them, we, and we can pick them up because um, because they haven't they don't have any um, Jewish girl spells.
Amrle Ravasi Liravashi. So Ravasi said to Ravashi, Vapsisin Lo Avdan, one second. What what makes you think that there that there's no Jewish girl spells on pieces of bread? Vyaksiv, but we learn in a pasuk that Chalena Osi El Ami, that you have the Bin Mechalal Me on my nation, Bishali Soorim Uvsosi Lechem, that you know on 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 um, on barley and also on on Uvsosi Lechem and also on pieces of bread. So we see that even the pieces of bread were all witched up. So Hasim the Shakli Bagrai, no, 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 they weren't, they weren't all spelly. They were, um, they, no, that, they were, they were just taking pieces of bread as like, um, I don't know, as like payment for stuff. All right. However, that was Daf Samach Dalav Masech Erevin. What do we learn? We learned about when a Gentile does not want to uh, rent out his space to the Yidden. So then Abaye says that what they could do is everyone could just be Mavatal the Rishus to one fellow. And then it's like there's only this fellow who has... A, you know, rights to the property for all the Jewish people. And then there's the non-Jew. And we learned that one Jew and one non-Jew in a chatzar, they don't need to make a rental agreement. Rava says, yeah, but then you're basically not going to have Erevin in this chatzar anymore, in this in this mavoi. So then so then um, Rava says, instead, one of the Yidin should become friends with the non-Jew and then ask if he could put something in the chatzar. Once he puts something in the chatzar, he becomes like his employee. And he can, um, and he can then um, be ma'arev in the, in the, in the, in the mavoi for this um, um, then we talked about what do you do if you like you know um, have like kind of like essentially win the lottery right you get this um, w- you know you inherit a a, a, a a convert who passed away so we had different suggestions about what you can do in order to um, you know make sure that your the money's gonna stay with you one idea is to buy a safer Torah one is to spend some of the money to buy tefillin and then we said also other situations if you inherit if you get money from your wife, or if you have a particularly successful business dealing. Then we talk about if somebody drinks um, wine, how can you uh, wear off the effects of the wine? So if it's just regular wine, so if you drink a revius of this regular wine, so then go for a walk for 2,000 amis, or sleep a little bit, and that'll, that'll wear it off. But if it's particularly strong wine, or if you had more than a revius of this regular wine, so then don't just walk a mill, because then it's gonna make it worse. Rather, what you can do is you can um, you can ride three mil, and that and that would be um, that would be okay. Uh, that was Daf Samach Dalad. Hope you enjoyed it. Peace out.